Hey friends, happy Friday. Today's show is all about human design. I was introduced to the idea of human design in a course that I took uh, probably about two years ago now, and it's a bit confusing as you dive into the different layers of it. I think in this conversation, myself and the and the guest that I have on, Erin Claire Jones, who is a human design expert, I think she really does a good job at unpacking the different layers, how they can be useful, why they're important. And we talk a lot about my particular design, just so that you can hear the kind of information that it gives you. I think it's really important in our human development, personal development journeys that we find frames of reference that resonate with us, that feel true for us, that work for us, and that can serve as a guide so that we know where to put our efforts. And I talk a little bit about that in this podcast. Additionally, she did give us a 10% off code if you are interested in getting a blueprint done on your human design profile and digging into what it what it says about you, what it has to say about you. The code that she gave us, fittingly enough, is coffee. So I would encourage you, if this episode resonates with you, to get a blueprint, to see what it says about you, to see if it can open up new doors for you, new angles, uh, something that I'm actually going to do myself. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Aaron Claire Jones as we unpack human design. Without further ado, on to the show. Welcome to another episode of Morning Coffee with your host, Rick Alexander. I started this show to talk about all of the interesting, complex, paradoxical, and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of the human experience. If you get anything from this show, the greatest compliment you could give me is to share this show with somebody that you think the message may resonate with, or to head to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Additionally, if you want to interact with me, you can follow me at rickalexander underscore on Instagram. Without further ado, on to the show. Today I'm talking to human design guide and leadership coach, Erin Claire Jones. Erin, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I got into my own I guess you'd call it personal growth journey. I've just found that there's these different frames of understanding sort of different levels of analysis on ourselves. And I think that it can be a really daunting task to not have these. I think personality gives you a certain frame. And we talked a little bit, gene keys, human design, like these are all different ways of viewing the self. And I think it's really about trying to find a frame that works with your psychology, that resonates with you, that feels true, but without some sort of frame, it's like at that point, you're just sort of following all of this different advice. Mm. And something that's been interesting to me is on social media, it's like, you know, people, there are a million opinions and they're all public now. And so it's like, well, how do I know in which direction to put my efforts in order to grow, in order to yeah. try to be a more authentic I'm curious, what was it that drew you to this human design path in the first place? Mm. What was it that felt true about it? Yeah, I think, you know, whether or not you get into human design and you decide it's like a, a tool for you, I think what felt so true immediately is just like a reminder that we're all meant to do it differently. We're all meant to build businesses and partner and parent and collaborate and work within teams uniquely. And I think the minute we like see someone else's path, we like take their marketing program, we try to do it like them, we might be like, that doesn't work for us, you know? Totally. So I think like, human design really reveals in such actionable and tactical terms, like what our unique path might look like and not in any kind of predictive way. I think that was another thing that drew me to human design where it's not just like, you're going to do this with your life and you'll meet this person at this age. It's more like, let me really acquaint you with your operating system so that you can find your flow and only you will know what's right. But like human design can really tap you into how to assess that for you. And I think the last piece that I'd share that I was really drawn to, I think that I came from just like a, curiosity of, you know, always understanding how we work. I explored so many different modalities and systems. And I think what really landed for me about human design was that it was so actionable. It was not just about giving you a lot of interesting information about yourself, but there were like very actionable tools to actually how to integrate it into your day to day and actually find more alignment and flow from that. So I think that like, I just love the cosmic nature of it. I love that it like came from the stars, but we could actually like integrate it every day. And I think that like, I just could sense so immediately how needed that was and also how mainstream that it could also be. 
Yeah, man. So there's a little bit to unpack there. The uniqueness is interesting because one thing that I found, I would say the first sort of lens I started studying with an interest in psychology was personality. And one thing that became really obvious to me that didn't seem like it was fostered or taught in school per se was that actually we needed each other because my superior and inferior functions are different than yours. And so you have a different view on the world and I actually need yours in order to be more complete. Is human design complementary that way? Like, do we build teams with multiple? 100%. Okay. Yes. That's why I love working with teams. You know, I think that it's just like, it's a reminder now that it's like, that we just need different things and we each bring a different thing to the table. And the more we kind of step into our unique role, I think the more we realize how much we need each other. Like, I think in some ways, you know, human design reveals all the ways in which we're different, but I think in doing that, it brings us so much closer together, you know, because it just helps us know how to appreciate support and work with each person, whether it's a team, a family, a romantic partnership. So yes, I think it like, it helps us understand how we need each other. And I think that like, it really brings us it just brings so much more compassion and kind of understanding to the process. Right, right. And it sort of, uh, I feel like it kind of frees you from the ideals of the culture a little bit. Like there are certain ways to achieve success or certain paths. We like tend to like really promote things like hustle and, uh, you know, all of these different Western ideals that we tend to carry. One thing that you do on your Instagram, which is really cool, is you talk about the different types and you say, here's a little note for for your type. And yeah. I find those to be so liberating when I'm trying to put myself in some sort of, I guess, success metric that just doesn't work for me or feel right. Totally. And I think we kind of need those reminders. You know what I mean? Like, I think with human design, it's not a thing where you're just like, okay, I like read my design and now I like, I'm like going to just integrate it tomorrow. It's like, I need to kind of be reminded of it because I think that like, I've been lucky to be studying it, have been studying it for a while now, but it's like always in my awareness of how I'm showing up and when I'm out of alignment and when I'm facing resistance. So I think those daily reminders and those tools are such powerful ways to just like keep us in alignment and remind us how we operate best because we will often get pulled off track. And it mm. just like brings us back to ourselves in a way that I think is so useful. Yeah, yeah. And and to that point, like helps you refocus when you fall into the trap of comparison, which is so easy on social media. Oh my God, the easiest. Yes. Yeah. So let's now that we've gotten into it a little bit, and I know that there are probably plenty of people listening that really aren't sure what human design is. And I'll tell you straight up, like with me, I've always listened to the 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 five big ones, like the types, and then pretty much after that I get lost when people start explaining the whole sacral thing to me. Um, So so could we, I'm sure you've had to explain this a lot. Could we just talk about what human design is first? Yes. So human design is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it really reveals your energetic blueprint. And what I mean by that is how you're wired to make decisions, how you're wired to work, create opportunities for yourself, partner, parent, all the things. So it really just like helps you understand your operating system. And I find that more often than not, like I'm not actually telling people anything new. I'm just giving them a language for everything they have always known and never really allowed themselves to step into. And so I think it really just gives us a lot of permission to be ourselves. Yeah, to that point, I was going to say permission. That's what it feels like when I read those little cards that you, I like so many of them screenshotted. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. But yes, it's just like, oh yeah, I got to be me. And I'm going to find the most success and satisfaction by doing just that, you know? So really trusting that. Yeah, cool. Um, And so there's five types and that's probably the most low resolution way to understand them. Yes, 100%. And a very important one, you know, like you'll look up a human design chart and I'm sure we can have a link in the show notes, but if you want to look it up, you can go to erinclairjones.com slash look up and you'll see that it's a crazy looking chart with lots of different colors and lots of different shapes. And it's not a very like intuitive thing to understand, but you know, often the simplest information is the most impactful. So there are five types at the highest level and that's going to be the most important stuff to start with. There are a bajillion layers underneath that. So like you and your partner, you and your kids share a similar type. It doesn't mean that you guys like have the same design, there will just be some similarities. So high level, we have generators, manifesting generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Okay. And most of the world, as I understand it, manifesting generators and generators? Yes. About 70% collectively are generators and manifesting generators. 20% are projectors, 9% are manifestors, 1% are reflectors. I just want to kind of like preface that by saying like, in no way is it like generators are not unique or manifesting generators are not unique. It's just like, this is like the energy, the life force, the people that really like carry the energy to make it happen. So it's just the first distinction. It's how we use our energy, but there's so much more nuance underneath it. Okay. So you want to talk through them? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Let's do what that for people. Say? 
Uh, well, I was going to say my fiance is the one percent. She's a reflector. Ah, yeah, it's very interesting. So, uh, and do you see that in her? Yeah, and she's a coach and a um, a somatic experiencing coach and a depth psychologist, and it's very interesting because I feel like she could have no coaching training at all and just do so well at mirroring what it is that you're going through. It's very interesting. Hundred percent. Okay, I cool. also find that I have to watch my mood around her like mm -hmm. i have to be careful of my energy because sometimes i can switch my mood really quickly but yeah. like i could send her down a weird path for the day or something i don't know if that's true but that's what it feels like it's so true because basically like reflectors and we'll talk about it they are so unique and that they really kind of like amplify the energy that they're around so they've got to be such ruthless curators of the places and the people because they're going to take it all in and magnify it mm -hmm. and so like basically meaning that she is going to magnify and take in whatever you're feeling and mirror it right back to you and so i always say if anyone's partnered with a reflector like you like the best thing you can do is like take such good care of your energy and make sure that like you're lit up and you're excited and you're just like you're processing the things because like she's going to mirror it all back and if like you're not feeling good about things it's often because like you're not feeling good and she's just reflecting that back so i think you intuitively were right on that it's just like i gotta take such good care of my energy because like that's going to be mirrored back and amplified by her totally and then if we you know if we're in a disagreement later in the day i'm like i have this realization that i'm the dog barking at the mirror <laughs> right like it's me i i did this um okay so so let's go through the the five and do you think people can listen to this and find out where they are intuitively or is that not a good way to go i think i would definitely recommend looking it up um, you know, I think that like, you can definitely listen and be like, okay, this is the one that I think that I might fall in. But I will just say like, a lot of us haven't been operating in alignment with our design. I know that like, I'm a projector. We'll talk about what a projector means. Like I was trying so freaking hard to be a generator my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I probably would have been like, I want to be that, you know? So I think that like, it can be, it's really useful to look it up because I think sometimes we're operating super in alignment with it. And it's just like, we know, um, and that is often the case, but also there are many cases where we have been trying very hard to be a thing that we're not. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So let's go through the big five, the top five or okay. the five and I like the people big five. can go look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's start with generators and manifesting generators. So we were talking a bit before we started recording where, you know, these, um, there are nuances here between the two, but also some people group them together. Some people say there are four types, you know, so there are a lot of similarities. So generators and manifesting generators are the ones that really have like the energy and the life force to kind of build, create, make things happen. An ideal day for you might be one where you kind of wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy, use up your energy in very satisfying, exciting ways, and you kind of drop into bed like exhausted and fulfilled. And I say use up energy and like you're spending time with people that light you up. You're doing work that really excites you. You know, you're just like feeling energized, satisfied, fulfilled. Um, one of the biggest lessons for both generators and manifesting generators is around like prioritizing your satisfaction and excitement. The more lit up you are by the work that you're doing, the more energy you'll have, the more magnetic you'll become. You know, if you're doing things just because you think you should, because somebody asked, it can drain your battery so quickly, you know? And so it's really about kind of like honoring and following and pursuing your desires and creating space for that. The difference here between the two is that manifesting generators are often, um, they often like having their energy in a lot of things at once. They're kind of very multi-passionate by nature. And like, these are my clients that are like, I'm a coach. I also have a podcast. I'm also starting this thing. And like, they can move very quickly and like find the fastest way to get from A to Z, but they might skip a few steps along the way. Um, and so much of their lesson is knowing when to pivot and knowing they're not meant to kind of stick with the same thing forever. Um, generators are more about kind of mastery and depth and going really kind of deep into something. And when it's time moving on, I will say with your specific design, because I have it up, you definitely carry the quality of efficiency. So like you can make things happen very quickly as well. You know, so that's definitely like in your design in another layer mm. as well. Um, and so, and then the last piece that I'd share about both those types is just that your strategy in human design for both manifesting generators and generators is magnetism. The idea is that you're not really meant to chase after anything. Life is meant to come to you and your work is to kind of keep your awareness open and see what shows up in your world that sparks you. And once you get sparked and lit up, then you can like go after and make that thing happen, but waiting for a thing to just like show up, whether it's in conversation, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's like a it's a website you see, but kind of something to show up to kind of like activate your gut and let you know it's the right thing for you to pursue. So strategy for people, that's really your your plan for navigating the world to feel exactly. the most in line with so okay. So that's interesting because when I chase stuff, I feel so drained. Um exactly. especially when I'm like really pushing in business. That's interesting. 
Totally. You know, and like, you're not really designed to come up with ideas out of thin air. Like you're here to respond to life. And so if you're like sitting there, like, what am I going to do next? It's like, it's just going to probably feel quite stressful. Mm. And so for you, it's more like just being out in the world, doing the things you love, being excited. And then like when the thing pops up and it lights you up, you're like, okay, yes, I'm going after that thing, you know? So you don't even need an invitation. You just need something to show up that like kind of like activates you and lets you know that like that thing is the right use of your energy. Cool. Okay. Um, and I'm curious because I know that you thought you were a manifesting generator and then you discovered you were a generator. So how does that, you know, how does that all land? Like hearing the generator piece now, like what was the piece that felt maybe challenging to see the shift within yourself, I guess? I think one thing that felt tough for me is this, the idea that I tend to be, and we might just chalk it up as ADD, but I tend to be like really multifaceted. Yes. I have a ton of projects going on. But I'm also in a pretty good place when I do that with my day. If I'm like yeah. podcasting in the morning, then I'm writing and then I'm doing coaching calls, you know, all this stuff. Um, and then the idea of mastery doesn't really sit well with me um, just because I have trouble forcing myself to stay on one task for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm that's what I've been wrestling with a little bit. But maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm ignoring my, you know, no. nature for real. I don't I, know. I think, and again, a lot of them, a lot of people group them together. I think what I would say is you've definitely got an aspect of your design and this comes from a different piece where you have like a lot of ideas, you know, like you're just like full of ideas. You could probably have a business just giving people ideas, but like, totally. I think, and it, which is amazing. It doesn't mean that you're meant to pursue them all, you know, I think so. And the gut feeling, which we'll talk about perhaps at some point is really kind of your, your tool to let you know what's worth your energy. So like, I would say, if you truly feel energized by everything you're working on, go for it. If it feels mm -hmm. like you're doing too much and you're like actually feeling scattered and distracted and not like really satisfied or fulfilled, like that would be the thing to watch out for. And I, and I think I appreciate that you brought the mastery because like there's a kind of a depth piece for the generator in terms of like really going deep when you decide to, but it's not about like sticking with one thing. And I would say for your design, even more so, it's about like experimenting and trying on lots of things, like trying it on, seeing what works, what doesn't evolving, you know? So it's just kind of this very experiential process you're going through. So I, I think, go ahead. Does okay, that so that does make sense. And that feels right. I feel like yeah. I have to put things into the world and like feel yes. them out, talk them out and, and oftentimes like pivot away from them after I get a feel for what it is. Totally. You know, mm -hmm. and again, it's just a good reminder that the type is like, it gives us a, an insight into how we're designed to best use our energy. So you knowing that you're creative, you're here to bring ideas to life, build, create, make things happen. But so many other elements of our design will shed a bit more nuance and the kind of like different ways in which that might actually manifest. Okay. Okay. So then we've got projectors. Projectors are really here to be our leaders, our guides, our advisors, our teachers, not here to do all the doing. So much of the lesson of being a projector is that we're just like not here to keep up, you know, like we're really here to show a new way of success. One that is not about like working hard or doing more, but really about our perspective and how we see, you know, projectors are so innately sensitive to other people's energy and they can naturally make amazing coaches, guides, managers, sorry, managers, CEOs, therapists, like where their orientation is really towards guiding, supporting, and kind of asking others the right questions. As projectors, we might find that our energy really operates in ebbs and flows. And so we're not really designed to do, do, do all day long. So really giving, our, giving ourselves that space to pull back, take rest, not do all the doing. Um, I know that I had spent a lot of my life trying to be a doer and, it, and I still try at times. And so it's really been such a lesson to kind of pull back and bring on support and honor the ebbs and flows and trusting it only makes me better at what I do. Um, and the strategy for us as projectors is about waiting to be recognized and invited in like when we're really sharing our gifts it's like somebody calls us out sees us invites us in to share them and romantically as well so just like really asking yourself where in my life do I feel the most recognized and invited in and can I invest more energy there and you don't need an invitation to like move to a new city you know or like to make art but like when it comes to like sharing your gifts with somebody dating somebody living with somebody that's really where you need to kind of make sure that you feel seen by them um, and the last piece that I would share is that I think when I first discovered this I feared how I would build a business or I just felt a little bit nervous because I was like do I sit on the couch like when do, how do I actually get the invitations and I think that like so much of our job as projectors is to make ourselves visible people cannot invite us unless they don't unless they see us and so like our job is to let ourselves be seen I think you found me on Instagram is that right yes so like, you know, I make it my job to just like, I share on Instagram, I share on podcasts, I share on newsletters, and I just kind of let the right people resonate and come with me. And that's to me. And that's been so much more successful than ever kind of like pitching or reaching out. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you're a projector. Got it. I'm a projector. Yes. Okay. Um, 
And then we've got manifestors. They're the ones that are really here to kind of initiate, get things started, not always here to do all the doing themselves, but often to kind of get things off the ground. They often really value having freedom and autonomy and control. They're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. Um, they can thrive in a more entrepreneurial environment or if they're working for a company and just like given freedom to kind of like, this is your domain, do what you please. Um, their strategy is about initiating. They're really here to kind of make the first move and also about keeping the people around them in the loop of like what they're doing. Mm. If they don't let people know what they do before they do it, they might experience quite a bit of resistance. And it's not about asking for permission. It's just giving people a heads up. And then we've got reflectors, your partner. And so reflectors are really, you know, we call them like our collective mirrors. These are people that are very sensitive to their physical environment and basically always taking in and magnifying the community, the team, the family that they're in. So you actually get a good sense of what's going on in a space just by watching how that reflector is showing up, which is why it's so important for reflectors to be such ruthless curators of the people and places they're spending time in. Um, they're, I don't know whether you witness this in your partner, but they're like meant to be very naturally fluid, meaning that there might be people periods where she's like so on fire can do so much and periods where she really just like has to rest and chill like periods where she's like a manifestor like a projector like a generator like she's kind of meant to like traverse all of them and her job is not to just be one thing or show up in just one way but really honor what feels like the most authentic expression of herself in the moment um and as important as it is for her to kind of or as for reflectors to kind of be around people that uplift them it is so equally important to kind of have time alone to really reset and recharge and the last piece that I would share is that in the context of business, we call reflectors evaluators because they've really just got such a unique and objective perspective on what's going on and like just like can see and sense things that people don't see. And so to be in spaces where that perspective feels invited in, it's so key. Yeah. So that's interesting. Her business partners will ask her questions about how she thinks it's all going uh, constantly. And, and so that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Whenever I'm around a reflector, I'm just like, and what do you think about this? And what do you see about this? Like they just got such, a, they just like, they feel it all in a really different way. And so to be in a space where that's so valued is so important. Yeah. And now is there, and maybe it's just a matter of knowing each other's, but is there a certain, you know, are there combinations of certain types that are tough better. or yeah. better? Mm. Yeah. Not better. Um, right. And I think that like, and there's so much more beyond type that's actually going to shed light on this because okay. human design allows us to layer the charts on top of each other and kind of start to see all the trigger points and what's going on. Um, I'm always hesitant to say there's like one that's better than the other, because I think as you kind of just like we're leaning into there, it's like less about like, I can only date this person, but more like once we understand each other, then we like really know how to support each other. Mm -hmm. I think there'll be some relationships that will require more work than others. And that is even like a little bit less about type and more about kind of other layers. If it doesn't feel like it's like really tightly held together and there's like a lot of space in it. Um, but I think once you feel drawn to somebody and they really feel like there's a lot of chemistry, like that's the perfect time to kind of dig in and be like, okay, now that we know that we want to be together, like how can we best support each other mm -hmm. rather than being like I'm a projector I only want to date other projectors you know like not starting from there um right. so I, I think that any partnership is possible you know if you're with a very similar type there might be like a real sense of companionship of just like understanding of that similarity but like we're also really attracted to difference you know I'm a projector my partner's a generator we're like opposite in every way that we could be opposite mm -hmm. and I think because we appreciate that we're so different that's how we thrive if we tried to be more similar than we were it would be really a disaster you know so I think that I think anything's possible, but I do think it's so what's most important is just like understanding and honoring our differences. Yeah, totally. That's good because I I feel like in astrology, especially there tends to be a little bit of dogma of like, oh, I can't date that person because they're this sign or whatever. Um, and that just yeah. feels like an unrealistic way to go about your life. Um, so I'm curious, before we dive into the next layer of this, are you familiar or can you speak on the either philosophical or scientific underpinnings of how this works? Like, how is it that me being born in a specific place could say something about how I navigate the world? Yeah, so I can. And then I'm also going to... Um... Yeah, so let me start with basically human design's been around since 1987. It is a channeled system, meaning that it was just like received. So the founder who's no longer alive, his name was Ra Uhuruhu, and he 
was in Ibiza in 1987 when he had this really mystical experience. And basically he was walking home one night and heard a voice. And the voice was like, it's time to work. For eight days and eight nights, he received all this information and basically kind of like built it out over the next 20 years. And the way that he received it was like, this system is really kind of the first system of its kind, but it also draws from astrology, Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry, all the kind of give us this like just manual of how we operate at our best. And it came through as like, he called it a science. I don't think it is a science because it isn't coming from like us stunning people, you know? And like, it's not a lot of it. Some of the stuff has been validated, but it is a very mystical system, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, and I think the idea is that when we're born based on like the imprint of that moment, it really does kind of inform our operating system. It doesn't tell you what you're going to do with your life or when you're going to meet a partner or when you're not. It more just like helps you understand how you operate at your best. But I think what I was starting to say, and I think is actually the most important piece because I work with so many skeptics and so many teams. And like, I think that my reminder for people, like the question is never like, is this true? I'm never trying to convince people of mm. anything that's a, you know, but it's more like, is it helpful? Is it useful? Is it giving tools, you tools that feel like empowering? And I think the answer to that has been like, basically always yes you know and so I think that like I think that allows people to engage with it in a little bit more of a like open way where it's not just like I have to believe this but like I can take what resonates but doesn't and, and more than anything it's giving me like a tool kit to really understand myself so there is all the stuff and also like I would just say like I would ask yourself is it useful you know mm. and does it help me better understand myself and my partner and like if so then like great I'll roll with it if it doesn't I'll like let it go Right, right. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I, so I study a lot of myth, um, specifically to try to understand the psychology of it. And I love that in that field, which is a lot like what you're just saying, the idea isn't to believe this like a dogma or a religion. It's to right. learn from it. It has nothing to do with what you believe. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. You know, and I think it allows us to engage with it in such a more empowered way. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, and it might be even like a thing where it's like, that doesn't resonate. And three years later, you're like, oh my God. Resonate. Yeah. You know? so like, I just think that it, I, I, I want people to, I want human design to be a reminder to like tap into yourself and be like, does this feel good? Does it feel useful? Like, I obviously wouldn't be sharing this stuff if it hadn't transformed my life. And like, I, I worked with many thousands of people and I witnessed it just transform their lives, which is why I do it. Um, but I think it is a, you know, you've got to really see for yourself whether or not it feels like a useful tool at this time in your life. Yeah. And also, just to point out with that answer, you're really asking people not to. Uh, outsource their own internal authority and empowerment, right? So that's everything, I think, especially as technology is, we're becoming aware of all of these systems of thought now. And so if you just go around, like sort of outsourcing your own empowerment to everything that you hear, like you're mm -hmm. nobody at all. So... Yeah. And that's, and that's honestly where I fell in love with human design. I know that you like the sacral piece has kind of got you. That's been like a, when you've not looked at it anymore, yeah. but that's actually, and we can talk about it if you want, but like that piece of our design is how we make decisions. And I find that actually the most empowering piece because people might come and they're like, you know, should I leave this relationship? What should I do in my life? And I'm like, I cannot tell you, but I can tell you how to assess that truth for yourself and like how you're designed to make decisions in a way that's aligned for you. And I think that like, I, I love that about human design where it's always kind of returning the authority to people and like helping them kind of connect to their own inner sense of truth in a way that they can access very reliably, you know? And I think that like, that's my favorite thing because I don't think it would be very useful for me to be like, you should do this because like, that's actually not what's useful. It's just like helping them really understand and trust themselves. Okay. I definitely want to get to that because I think most people are standing at crossroads in their lives for really long periods of time, just totally. sort of paralyzed with like, I just don't know which direction to go. Um, so what is the next sort of layer after you get the, your, your first type? type? Yes. So there's the type and strategy, which we talked about. And the yep. next piece will be the inner authority, which is basically around how you're designed to make decisions. And this is probably my favorite piece because it's just like, we're making decisions every freaking day, you know? Right. And like, Exactly. Like you said, so many people are at crossroads or even like, I, I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with where they're just like, okay, Aaron, I'm leaving my job. And I'm like, okay, great. When did you know your job was not the right fit? They're like, from the minute I entered it, I was just like, we just like don't trust ourselves, you know? And I think right. this is really just a way of like, how can we assess truth for ourselves? So um, let's start with yours. So you are a sacral authority. It basically means that you're designed to make decisions by trusting your gut feeling in the moment. There's so much talk of like, follow your gut, listen to your gut. Not all of us have access to that kind of immediate response, but according to your design, you absolutely do. And the gut shows up as a very visceral feeling in your belly that like gives you kind of an expansive yes and excitement or kind of like a contraction and a pulling away. It's like a yes or a no. And if it's anything but a full-bodied yes, it basically means that 
and not now, you know, mm. like maybe later, but not yet. And the gut never comes with a reason. And so as tempting as it might be to kind of create reason for all your decisions and why you should do this certain thing, like the gut is going to show up more as like, it feels right. It doesn't, I don't know why I'll find out why later. It's a reminder that your body just knows things before you could ever conceive it with your mind. Um, and it's not to say that your mind's not powerful. It's just that your mind is so powerful that you could probably convince yourself in or out of anything. And so the gut is kind of meant to be more visceral. Like, do I have the energy for this thing or not? And then the last piece that I'd share about it, you know, especially with your partner, is that a really powerful way for you to perhaps access your gut response is that the people around you ask you very specific questions. So if we were like planning a gathering, instead of asking like, you know, what do you want to do tonight? Or like, where do you want to go? I would ask you like, do you want to go here or here? Do you want to do this or this? Like specific yes, no things will allow you to be like, that feels right, that doesn't. Whereas mm. like an open-ended question, you might be like, ooh, everything's possible. You know, so kind of those specific yes, no things can drop you into that gut feeling. So how does that feel to you? Do you feel connected to that and trust of that? Yeah. And so would I, well, you know, one thing that's really interesting is I just made a really big decision in my life to leave a school program. And it's so fascinating because no matter how many times I justified it, I felt empty after justifying it. Like it, yeah. like there was more to it or something. It's very interesting. So that, that hit. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'm also curious, so is that how I should go about making decisions? Should I give myself sort of this or that? Wait, say that one more time. So like when I'm framing up just my own navigating through life, should I frame up decisions as this or that or yes or no to myself then? It's easier to have other people do it to you. Okay. You know what I mean? Like to even have that conversation with your partner. But again, like you're kind of here to respond to things outside of you. And so it's going to be a little bit easier when a thing shows up where you're just like, oh, that feels right. That doesn't, okay. you know, but you also might even have a gut feeling where it's like, you might like think about the schooling program and you might think about like the working like, doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like even just thinking about it's a no, you know, but I think that like, you do want to just see like, how do I, how does that thing make me feel? And like, what is the response that I have? Is it expansiveness? Is it excitement? Is it joy? Or is it contraction, depletion, exhaustion? And it is this kind of trust that you might have a sense that something feels right or it doesn't, but like, you are not going to know where it's going to take you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's more just like, it feels right to leave the program. It feels right to like move to the city. But like, I, there's a trust that like, I'm going to find out why later that was correct. And I probably won't know that exactly right now. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Right. Which is scary, especially when you're like a no, but all societal metrics say yes or something. Right. That's I think totally. where we really run into troubles. Yeah. And this is like so useful for the people around you to know, because like, even if your partner is listening to you talk and you're like, yeah, like, I think that I should do this thing because this might happen and maybe this thing will happen. It's like not your gut. Whereas if you're like, mm -hmm. this doesn't feel right. And like, it feels really scary to jump off because I don't know what's going to fill that space. But like, I just know that I don't have the energy for that. So you can really kind of start to like suss out when people are really speaking from that kind of clear knowing place versus when they're not. Okay. And how many of these layers are there for the decision making? There are one, two, three, one, sorry. I think there are seven. Seven. Okay. So it gets like more complex as we get further into this thing. That's yes. why it's so yes. hard to understand. Okay. Yeah. And that's why, yeah. And like a lot of my offerings are very much like, let me tell you what you need to know about your design. You know what I mean? So you don't have to kind of like learn all the pieces. And like, obviously there are people like me that want to learn all the pieces, but most people I think want to know, like, how can I actually use human design to like live a better life and have like more alignment. Um, so maybe I'll just kind of very briefly touch on the other one just to give you a taste sure. of what they are. Does that sound good? Yeah. Um, so there's emotional authorities. I'm an emotional authority. Basically means that for these people, they might have a gut feeling in the moment. They might have an instinct, but they're not really designed to make big decisions in the moment. Clarity for them comes with time. And the best thing that you can do is sleep on it. So for you as a sacral decision maker, like once it's a yes, you can make it happen. Whereas for emotional people, it's like, they might feel a yes. And then I would say like, take a day or two or three and see if that excitement or that yes persists. Mm. And so for them, it's not about loving a decision in the moment, but loving it over time. If you are a splenic authority, it's basically all about trusting your intuition in the moment, which is different than the gut. The gut is that very visceral feeling in your belly. Intuition is like a quiet knowing. It's like a whisper that you hear, resonance that you feel, tingles. It's like so spontaneous. It comes out of nowhere. These people are meant to be kind of quite spontaneous and impulsive when they really feel connected to that. There are ego decision makers, which is all about making decisions based on what they desire, what they have the willpower for, what their heart is really in. Like when they feel like their heart's in it, they can do anything. And for them, it's so important to ask themselves, will this decision truly take care of me? Mm. So I feel like so appreciated and valued in this thing. There are self-projected decision makers, which is all about talking things out. Their truth comes when they give it a voice. And it's important for their decisions to make 
them feel authentically expressed to make them feel like I feel creatively expressed and this feels like me. There are mental authorities, which is basically about talking things out, but often in a few different spaces that feel really good and kind of seeing what truth emerges, not when they're seeking advice from other people, but they're using other people as sounding boards to kind of like mm. pull their truth out of them. And then for reflectors, so your partner, they have such a wild one for me, but, um, but basically they're designed to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision, you know, and that's obviously not feasible for most decisions for the small ones. They're not designed to do that. But the idea is that like, they really just like go through this cycle over a month where they really kind of sample all the different possibilities and they kind of land in their truth. And so while it might not always be feasible to give themselves that time, I think what's most important for reflectors is that like, they don't make decisions under pressure. They really honor that they have their own sense of timing and they take the time that they need. And so you can see how different you two are. Like you're like clarity in the now I'm in once it's there. Whereas like, she's probably gonna need a bit more time. So like just kind of honoring that difference and not trying to be more similar in that area than you might naturally be. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll like land on something and then a month later, she's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, it's just like, it's worth it for everyone to feel aligned because like, she's just going to like, she might be in a really different place in a month, you know? So right. like, you know, it might feel annoying for you. Like, I think that once the knowing is there for her, it's so powerful. And so kind of like letting that knowing land. Yeah. Do you find that people are often like at odds with their conditioning of how they've been told to move through the world versus what they're like when you do sessions with people do there is there is there a struggle there for people to actually trust what their authentic human design yeah. is i think that like we're more less than i thought there would be i think that like they often so immediately recognize themselves in it it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that they're living it but i think generally and i work with like a lot of parents and do a lot of family stuff but i think generally people have had enough life experience to know that the way that they've been working has not been working you know what i mean so there's like <laughs> right. a little bit of just like this feels scary and new, but I also know that what I've been doing has not been flowing and doesn't feel good. And so I think that like, I feel like I get people in a place where they're just like, yes. Or there are people that are like feeling really aligned and they're like, exactly, you're validating everything. I'm right on track, I'm gonna keep going. So I don't think there's often like a lot of resistance. Like I, I think that, um, but I do think there can be a lot of recognition of all the ways in which perhaps people have been not living this and the ways in which that has manifested in ways that haven't felt good for them, mm. you know, and that's why like the earlier we're introduced to this stuff, the better, you know, just because it gives us permission to kind of be who we are from day one. Right. I've heard you use the word flow a couple of times and in different interviews. Is that really what you would say the like real payoff is it gives you a sort of ease and the, the subjective feeling of ease in navigating the world? I think what I would say is that like it, you know, it's so interesting because I like in my experience aligning with my design, like my whole life exploded in all like the most positive ways. So, like I think it can lead to like a lot more success and satisfaction, just like an and external, you know, amazing things. But I think that like what it leads to more than anything else is like it just feels better. Like the way that you are building a business and parenting and collaborating just feels authentic and good for you. You know, mm -hmm. you might be really successful and like build a business and be like, I'm totally burnt out. I'm exhausted. None of that felt good. You know, so I think human design lets us know like how to do it in a way that feels good for us, where we're going to experience less resistance and more flow. I would actually say, but it is a little bit more specific to each design. Like for you, a sense of being on track in your design as a generator is feeling deeply satisfied. Mm -hmm. And so I would say kind of the, the payoff or it's just like, as you like live a very satisfied life where you're satisfied by your relationships, by the work that you do, you drop into bed, fulfilled, satisfied, excited. Whereas for me, a sense of being on track is feeling really successful. It's like, I just feel so recognized and appreciated for my gifts and who I am. And I feel so invited in to share them. Cool. Is it uh, worth it for us to go another layer deeper? Because you just mentioned satisfied and I read, I believe satisfied and frustrated were my like polarities in that. Yes. Um, is it worth it for us to go deeper? Or are people going to be able to hang with that? Well, do you think they are? Yeah, I, I think so okay. for sure. <laughs> okay. But I don't know if it branches into a thousand different no, things. No, 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 no. That, sorry, that piece is actually quite simple. And there's okay. actually one more complex piece that I want to share with you just because I'm so curious how you feel about it. Sure. So um, so that piece is what we call our signpost. There's simple signals for each type that reveals whether we're on or off track. And they're just like so simple yet so revealing. And the point is not to like always be on track, but it's just to kind of know what being off track looks like so that you can really use it as a tool to course correct when it's time. So for generators and manifesting generators, a sense of being on track is feeling deeply satisfied. It's like, I feel like excited, content, like I'm going to bed fulfilled. I feel magnetic. A sense of being off track for you is feeling frustrated. I feel resentful, dissatisfied. I'm chasing mm. after things, nothing's happening. And like, 
I just feel frustrated. And so for you, like I would say moments of frustration, absolutely normal. If you start to feel consistently frustrated in the area of your life, whether it's like working on the podcast, whether it's in your partnership, whether it's a project or a client or a friend, like it basically is an invitation to step back and ask yourself, like, am I still lit up by this thing? Do I still have like a strong gut response towards this thing? Or is it no longer the right thing for me? You know, and often it's a signal that it's either no longer the right thing or something's got to like shift and reemerge for it to can like be the right thing. Mm. So keeping an eye on kind of where do I feel the most satisfied in my life? Where do I feel the most frustrated? For projectors, it would show up as a sense of success, like I said, when we're on track and bitterness when we're off track. And so for me, when I felt bitter, which is like not recognized, not appreciated, it's often like, is this the right thing for me? Or do we need to have a conversation? And like, I need to kind of feel recognized in a new way. For manifestors, off track is anger. Often when they feel like their flow is disrupted and they're not able to kind of be in control and in their flow in the way they know they're meant to be. And a sense of being on track is feeling peace just like peace of their manifestations kind of moving through life in a way that they feel like in control of empowered to do. And then for reflectors, a sense of being on track is surprise where they're kind of just like in this magical flow of life where they're kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow, but like, I'm just open to like all of it. And I'm just like constantly surprised by the magic and flow of life. And a sense of being off track would be disappointment, which is often like being in the wrong spaces around the wrong people, like just like in a way, and maybe even trying to operate that in a way that's totally out of alignment with you. Mm. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, my fiance worked as a physical therapist for like, I mean, no joke, three months. And she was like, this just is not the job. I mean, she yeah. was getting those signs, obviously, like toward the end of her schooling and stuff. But when she finally got in the clinic and um, yeah, so fascinating. Totally, you know, and again, and so it's just, it's so, they're just like really simple, but revealing signals. The one piece that I wanted to share with you is something called the profile. And we won't go through all the profiles, but I just want to kind of give an example. So the profile kind of speaks to how we're designed to manifest our purpose. You're what we call a three, five. Okay. And so the three in your profile basically means that you are really here to learn through trial and error. You're going to bump into things. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to learn from your failures and grow them and, like, and do better next time. And so like, you're really here to learn by like getting your hands dirty and like mm. finding all the ways that don't work on your way to discovering the things that actually do, you know? And so for you, it's not about being a perfectionist or doing it perfectly the first time. It's just like learning as much as you can. And I imagine this podcast is a good venue for this, but like there's so much value that you offer to the world when you share your own story of like, I've made all these mistakes. I failed in all these ways. I learned all these things and I can help you do it better, you mm -hmm. know? And so I guess I would just never underestimate the kind of impact of sharing your journey because the, what you're learning along the way is actually so valuable for other people. Okay. How does that feel to you? Yeah, that's interesting. That, that, um, that hits, that lands for sure because I've often felt, you know, I've looked at a lot of what the world would deem as failures. And I'm like, yeah, but it makes me such a good writer and a good podcast host. And I can carry on a conversation 100%. about so many different things. So that's, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And it actually requires, right, for me to reframe what success is, um, I think, over the long term. Totally. And like, even just like start to enjoy it. Like I have in my design, I've got like such a fear of failure and my, and I so have failed, but like my partner has mm. got the same thing as you. And it's been so beautiful to like watch and have so much fun with it. We're just not like, this doesn't say anything about me. It's just like, I'm learning all the things that don't work. And this is so fun. I'm going to do it so much better next time. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's like so cool to be around people that are really fully in the wisdom of that because they just like, they know so much, they have so much value and they really just like have embraced the kind of messiness and the chaos sometimes of the process. Okay. And so that's your first number in your profile. That's your, yeah. So for you, that's your first number. That's for anyone who has a three, but if they if say if somebody's a one, three, that's going to apply for you too. You know, so anybody that has a three at all, and then the five in your profile. So anyone who has a five in their profile, it basically means that you're like a very natural problem solver and fixer. You're really good at like coming in offering a new solution to things, like seeing things in a very unconventional new way. Um, and, but you're not really designed to be like solving problems all the time. Like it's more kind of like coming in, offering your perspective, like checking back out, you know? But I think what's important for you to be aware of is that it might be easy at times for people to kind of project things onto you, that you can like be this kind of friend or this kind of person or this kind of coach or whatever it is. Like they just see possibility in you. And one of your biggest lessons is like, just because somebody sees something in you does not mean that it's you. So just like knowing yourself well enough to be like, thank you, really honored by that perception, but like, that's not actually me. So really kind of making sure you're driven by your gut and not letting kind of other people's projections drive you. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. You feel that? Also. Yeah, totally. Because I, uh, often feel like, well, I can give you perspectives. <laughs> I can give you ideas. I can show you what to think about, you know, um, I can frame it up differently for you. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Okay. But I'm not a guru. So yeah, no, that's interesting. You know, 
And it's easy for people to kind of put you on a pedestal in that way. And so for mm. you to also be so clear in your communication with people, like this is exactly what I can offer. And this is what you can like expect from me. So that like, I don't even leave space for unrealistic expectations because like it might be easy for those things to form. Right. And in my shadow, I'll take it, right? I'll take that projection. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And then you'll get in it and you're like, you might be disappointed because I'm human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm about to, yeah. Or I'll just give you something lackluster. Interesting. Yes. Uh, so what are your offerings? We've kind of talked about it a little bit. I'm curious just because for people that are listening to this that are like, man, how could I utilize yeah. this or dig deeper? I know we have the free profile on your website. Yep. Um, what's the sort of funnel? Next step. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I would say a beautiful place to get started is something called the blueprint. And it basically is a 30 plus page written guide to your unique design. And I make each of them and it basically kind of walks you through all the key pieces, what we talked about today and so much more. And it's basically meant to be like a manual to you, you know, and I get so many people order theirs who are not at all familiar with human design. And it's just like, it's meant to just like make the information as practical, accessible, empowering as it can be. It's not like this comes from channel 11, you know, it's more just around like, what do you need to know about your design to actually live a more aligned, you know, inflow kind of life. So um, the discount code for that is coffee. Um, and I'm AaronClaireJones.com and my website's Aaron Claire Jones and my Instagram's Aaron Claire Jones. And then I also offer sessions. I offer private sessions, partnership sessions, family sessions, team sessions. And I also have monthly workshops around finding more. I would say to get started, probably like the blueprint or a session. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, is there anything about blue about uh, sorry, Blueprint? Is there anything about human design that I haven't asked you that that you find to be interesting or, or worth sharing? Um, you know, I think there's like so many layers. I think that like, if you're if there are other pieces, if you're curious to dig in deeper, and the blueprint would go through all this, but like another really interesting area to look at in your design are what we call your open centers. And they basically are the areas where you are the most sensitive to other people's energy. And so they're the areas where you can actually get the most taken off track in your design, but also where you have the most to learn. And so like, for example, for you, it's so much around being like such an empath in your design, but also having a really like you have a very fluid way of expressing yourself. Like you might communicate yourself differently around different people at different times in your life. And so for you, it's not about like expressing yourself in just one way, but like really like honoring whatever comes out and like releasing the need to kind of plan what you're going to say. Um, do you feel like you do that? Or do you think there's like a lot of planning? I've got to like figure it out. And uh, I'm always so, I, cause I talk a lot, um, obviously it's a job. So I'm always afraid that I'm going to get up there and have a blank mind. And so yeah. I try to, overplanned and like throw here's everything I've ever learned about this thing at this topic totally and when I do that it feels awful it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel draining um, yes and I also feel like if you were to just put me at a talk and I didn't know I was giving that talk right now it would go fine it would be great it go fine yeah and I think that like you're actually here to be like a masterful communicator but I think it does in some ways really release the need to like it requires you to be like I can make a plan, but I've also got to throw it away because you've got such a sensitivity in the way that you express, meaning that you can like really tap into like exactly what needs to be heard in that moment. So like, it's a really cool area of learning for you, but it does kind of, so it's just something to play with. Um, mm. And then the other piece that I kind of recommend diving into is something called your channels. And these are basically just like your innate strengths. And so those often give us a lot of permission as well. Like for you, it's so much around like following your convictions, like being actually so great at sales and marketing, but also being so efficient in your energy, like making things happen very quickly, being in your own flow. So like the those are really cool areas that also give us a lot of kind of permission and shed a bit more nuance on our design. Mm. How many sessions does it take, do you think, to get into this stuff, to get like really oh. through your design? Yeah, I think I would do one. You know what I mean? Like mm. I can do 40 sessions with people and I have, but most people like they really want to just know the key aspects of their design. So like my business is not like just do more and learn more. Like I think that like when I sit with somebody, the intention is to kind of give them all the key aspects of their design based on where they are in their life that they can actually integrate. And so like I would start with one and then integrate that. And when you want and if you desire more then great. But like I think that like my intention is to really equip people with like the most important pieces that like are going to be the things that are the most like um, transformative and actually, you know, using it in their life. And I think that it's human design is so much around actually like integrating and, and actualizing and not just like, how can I learn every single piece of data? Yeah. And when you, when you started this and we can start to wrap this up here, but when you started this human design project, your first business, you felt like it wasn't getting traction. Was it, do you feel that that was a matter of timing or do you feel that that was a matter of not honoring your profile? 
so funny. I literally had this conversation with my partner because I like wrote an email recently and it was just like, I was like, the world wasn't ready. And like, mm. in some ways I really believe that, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, no one knew what human design was. Like when I started in 2015, it was like so out there and it mm -hmm. was so niche. And then like, it started really kind of reaching the mainstream in 2018. So like, I, I benefited from that for sure. But he was also like, you weren't ready. <laughs> I think it was both. Like, I think that like, I think that it was still really new in a way that it hadn't really, um, it wasn't out there in the way that it is right now. But I think also um, I was, I was still getting my footing. I was in like another partnership, building a business with another human design person. And, and he was amazing. He was my teacher, but like, it wasn't really kind of the right partnership to kind of bring this out in the world for, I think us. And also like, I wasn't totally aligned with my design. Like it was so much like I wasn't letting myself be visible. I was very scared of being visible. Like it was more on like pitching certain companies. And so like, it was just a combination of all the things. Like I think what really allowed me to find a lot more a combination of like, you know, the right timing, like doing it when people were actually like really ready and open for it. And also um, aligning with my design completely. And also like my, you know, my fiance is now my business partner. So he's been like amazing too. And really that's been a partnership that's been really supportive. So I think it was both. Mm -hmm. um, I think that like it was me and it was the world. And I think that like, it was the second, the second experience of it was so much around just like doing it at the right time, but also doing it in the right way. Yeah. It's so interesting how difficult it is for us to allow ourselves to trust, like following the energy, right? Just yeah. that simple of a thing. Totally, you know, and it's it's so scary, you know, and I think even like, I, I always came from like a business development background too. So I was like, I'm just gonna pitch, but I was like, this doesn't feel good. And it's not leading to anything, you know, yeah. so like, I think it required a lot of trust and like just doing it in a projector way, but it's actually now become so fun because I've like seen it work and it just like, it feels so much more natural and has led to just so much more success and awareness and resonance than anything else I've done. Awesome. So to recap, uh, for people that want to follow along with you, support what you're doing, and also just probably learn about this stuff in their own design for themselves, best way for them to do that is AaronClaireJones.com. Yes, exactly. And also okay. I share that on Instagram. So you can also look up your type and follow along there. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I said it when we were live or before, but for people listening to this, like it's a great follow because once you know your type, it just gives you something to think about that day, especially when you're feeling lost in conditioning or whatever it is. It's like, oh, I, I'm not giving myself permission to pivot or whatever. So mm -hmm. your, your Instagram gives us all that. So I appreciate that. Amazing. Oh my God, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. All right, guys, thank you.